Hey, you guys, welcome to another episode of Danny Summit. Uh, Danielle here, calling in from Central America. I thank you guys for tuning in um, and uh, letting me be a part of your day. Um, today's uh, topic is going to be addiction, um, but I, first I want to read just a little poem. Human strength and human greatness spring not from life's sunny side. Heroes must be more than driftwood floating on a waveless tide. How very true is that? Um, we don't like to descend into the valleys of life. Um, it's definitely not fun um, traveling that spiritual desert in life. Um, you know, we definitely we want to get out of there as soon as possible, um, but. Unfortunately, but or fortunately, at least we walk away with a better sense of self and understanding, um, you know, of your own capabilities, um, maybe more love and understanding for others' capabilities. Uh, so, you know, we just have to go through the process and uh, get through it. So... All right, so on addiction, there are almost 21 million Americans that have at least one addiction, yet only 10% will seek treatment. So, and this is talking about alcohol, opiates, cocaine, meth, fentanyl, um, you know, and a lot of people, you know, alcohol, we know what it is, opiates, you know, those are your pain pills. Um, fentanyl is a opiate. Um, it is a synthetic opiate, um, meaning that it is man-made. It's not derived from a plant. Um, so bad things about fentanyl is that, um, so that means that people can make it. Um, and we're not talking about the pharmacies here. Um, you know, I saw a, a documentary a few years ago when we were having a lot of fentanyl um, overdoses throughout the country, you know, and where they were worried about the EMTs having to pick people up, you know, and getting them um, getting exposed to it. You know, I was so shocked by that documentary that this, you know, they were making this fentanyl in these little underground carriages in China, and you could buy it online, have it shipped over here, and then have a pill press and make it look like any pill you wanted. So that could be a Xanax. That could be a regular, you know, hydrocodone. Um, you know, they'd have the little fake number on there that everyone looks up um, to see what it is. Um, you know, but then these people were overdosing. Um you know, so they weren't getting their compounds right and it swept through the nation. Um, you know, when the FDA cracked down on the physi physicians prescribing um, pain pills, it just took the problem to the streets. And then uh, the streets were left to deal with it. And we've lost a lot of people because of these drugs. So, um so opiates are more, you know, of a downer. Cocaine and meth, uh, they're more of an upper. Um, give you energy, stamina, uh, that type of stuff. Of course, we know meth is made. Um, it's all chemicals, you know, made in back rooms somewhere. I'm sure every county has a meth um, 
house, <laughs> uh, unfortunately, this day and age. Um, so these are real problems that we are dealing with every single day, um, which is sad. You know, because, you know, here's the real thing. You know, we have all these adults making these choices to, um, you know, engage and, you know, feeling that they have it under control, you know, that it's controlling their pain or, you know, it's helping them to do this or that. Um, but, you know, the behaviors and the repercussions of those choices, you know, largely affect the children and the household. Um, and those are the unseen victims when it comes to addiction, you know, um, generally it comes to, you know, it's an adult problem, so it doesn't have anything to do with the children. Well, I'm a, children are observant, you know, they're not as dumb as we think, like to think, you know, I think, you know, oh, they don't know what's going on. Yeah, they, they got some idea. They may not know the ins and outs or understand the full ramifications of it. Um, but, you know, they're little watchers. And uh, you would be surprised um, how much they do see and know. You know, um, I know I have multiple qualifiers in my life. Um, and I've lost some of them. And um, because of... Um, addiction and you know it, it is a it shapes and forms who you are it is a part of you uh, so first of all I would you know I do want to really stress that you know think of if you are suffering from addiction um, you know God bless you and that you know I do pray that you consider your children um, because you're forming what they view as normal and what is okay and what is acceptable behavior. You know, a lot of times, you know, through um, use, things like that, you also have lack of coping skills in a, ha in a household, you know, so those unhealthy ways of dealing with problems and in the life either be outburst or physical or you know running to substances um you know those are the skills that your children are going to pick pick up and take with them as well um so definitely a cautionary tale um when you're on the child side you know which of course a lot of times you know teenage years, then they start into drugs, and then they start their whole cycle as well. Um, so addiction is a mental disorder um, that compels someone to repeatedly use a substance or engage in behaviors, even though they have a horrible consequences. Um, so drug over deaths have more than tripled since 1990. Um, you know, as we become more versatile um, and able to move around, communicate more. I mean, come on. I, I would have never thought that um, through Instagram and things like that, that they can sell drugs on social media. I know some people might be a little shocked by this, but they do. Um, you know, some little codes, you know, emojis mean this or that. I don't know what any of it is. Um 
But I, um, you know, I was really shocked when they had this one guy, I would watch the show, um, that, you know, they'd close his countdown. So he'd just make another one and just keep on with business. Um, you know, so it's definitely a whole lot easier to get than you think, you know, because a lot of people are like, where would you even know how to get some? Uh, well, it don't take much and, uh, go to any rundown hotel in your city, um, you're probably going to find something there as well. So, um, you know, for me personally, you know, I always had very strong, I guess, um, limits in my life, you know, that I would never use cocaine, heroin, meth, um, anything like that. Not a big drinker. Um, you know, I had my lines of this just was not going to be my life and the life that, you know, my child uh, was going to grow up in. And, um, but still at the same time, you know, my qualifiers, my um, daughter knows a whole lot more about addiction than I ever wish that she did. But in July of 2018 is really when my life just kind of Turned for the better, um, also for, you know, in the worst in some ways. Um, you know, it was a day that I was going to beat addiction for my family. You know, I was taking all my qualifiers. I was going to get them help, get them fixed. And, you know, I was expecting kind of like going to a doctor's appointment, you know, go back to work. No big deal. Um, and it was the most anxiety-filled turmoil that I went through. Um, and I was absolutely lost. Um, only one of my qualifiers went into detox. Um, and, uh, you know, I was left with having to face my addiction of a false sense of control um, that I had cultivated over the 30 plus years, you know, of trying to control the use uh, the family atmosphere, the money, the, you know, everything, um, you know, when my qualifiers dove into the barrel, the black barrel, you know, I threw myself into my work, um, because that's where I had control, um, and, uh, you know, ignored a whole, a huge part, um, kind of, you know, turned a blind eye. I had no clue that it was as severe as it was, um, you know, because it's one of those things they don't tell you until afterwards. And, um, but it left me in a really strange state of mind um, where, I mean, I felt lost. Um, you know, I finally accepted that I did not have control. Um, and that the only person I could control is me. Um, you know, I started, a this, um, I started writing. So, um, addiction reminds me of a succubus, you know, something that just kind of sucks the life right out of you. Um, and, uh, so this is one of the lines from that, um, quote was, Addiction is the succubus of life, and the addict truly can't see beyond their own pain and have zero regard for how they are hurting those around them. So, 
I will leave you with that. Come right back after this commercial break and we'll continue on this quest. Hey, you guys, welcome back. So the succubus of life addiction. Um, when I say this is more of, you know, it just addiction in the home um, brings up so much mistrust, fear, insecurities, um, self-loathing. Um, you know, you can have a lot of different ramifications, you know, that come out of that, you know, uh, as far as, you know, some people get violent, there may be a lot of fighting, um, poor coping skills in life, um, that these things are just manifested. Um, and, um, you know, when you have qualifiers, um, and it's not your own personal journey, you know, it's different. Um, you know, there's not as much, I guess, talk about it, um, or emphasis on it. Um, I know for me three years ago, um, when, uh, I was going to save all my qualifiers, um, you know, it, it really broke me, and it was a life-changing, altering mindset um, of experience. You know, I started, uh, you know, reaching out. Um, I realized I, it was something that I could not handle anymore on my own, you know, because up to that point, it was just more of status quo of just trying to control everything. You know, try to control how much money is being used to, you know, uh, pay the bills, run the household, run the family, you know, threw myself into my work and my friends. And, uh, you know, that was where I lived. And, um, and then when, you know, I thought I, I developed this strong false sense of control. Um, and that day it all came crashing down. And, uh, so I started going to, uh, Naranon. Um, God bless those people. I'm so sorry um, that you had to deal with me. Um, you know, cause I would go in and, you know, um, I may or may not have something on my mind at that time, but it was like when it was my turn to share, I mean, I would just have this, um, vomit, verbal vomit that would just come spewing out of me. And uh, it's just so much pain and uh, so much aggression, really, as well. And I'm sure it was very, you know, scary for the people around me that don't really know you, um, you know, and, uh, you know, I'd be driving home and I'd be thinking, God, I didn't even know I felt that way, you know, or that I was thinking that or whatever, but I would feel lighter. Um, I even had a vomit <laughs> and fortunately my verbal vomiting continued elsewhere as well. Um, you know, I did it at, um, church groups, um, at an NA meeting, um, that for at my qualifiers, uh, one of my qualifiers, NA meetings, um, you know, uh, definitely, um, unplanned, but you know, what was funny though, um, sitting at the addicts table, they actually understood, you know, they didn't, they weren't put back by the things coming out of my mouth or how I felt. Um, and there was more acceptance there, you know, that's what I found really baffling. And, you know, and that's kind of when I really, at the end, I was like, you know, obviously I'm at the wrong table. Um, you know, 
because they understood. They understood the mental um, impacts that, you know, addiction has on a person, you know, not just for themselves, but for their family and um, and those around them. And, um, you know, the biggest turnoff uh, for an addict is, you know, if they feel that they're being judged. Um, also, too, someone's seeking that their help. Um, someone seeking help, you know, if they feel like they're being judged, um, instead of just being a safe, open space to talk, um, you know, some money hungry little twit, you know, just looking for an ex-fix or something like that. Sorry that you're not helping. So obviously I'm at the wrong place. I'll keep going. And, um, or you just quit going all together to everything because you found that, it just, you weren't being heard. Um, and I, for me, that was the most aggravating thing. So, and I guess through the whole process, I was hoping to find that one person that said, okay, you know what, you're kind of going through a midlife crisis here. This is what it is. Um, you know, cause you felt, I felt like my world was spinning out of control. You know, I had a whole entire life of, you know, 38 years, uh, of, dealing with way things a certain way, um, looking at them with a certain perception, um, which was a very judgmental, um, perception as well. You know, I, I didn't feel loved or that I was worth more than the drugs. Um, you know, so that, you know, shaped a lot of who I am. And, um, you know, I had to deal with that. Um, you know, but it is a slow process. And uh, that's the frustrating part, you know, because when you first go into the whole treatment plan, you're so excited, you know, you're you're euphoric, you know, you just want to jump in, both be, do everything right, and you become overzealous, and you kind of set yourself up for pitfalls. Um, You know, so if anyone out there that is listening, and, you know, I would just really... I guess suggest, uh, you know, take a breath and remind yourself that it's going to be okay, um, that it is going to take time. You know, the euphoric happiness, you know, that probably lasted a year and a half, two years, you know, maybe, um, you know, then, it, you know, it starts to dwindle. Um, reality kind of starts setting back in and, um, you know, you're left with your life. Now, of course, you become, you're a new person. Um, your outlook's different. Um, your perception of your loved ones is different. Um, you know, and I'm just talking about the outsider part of this, um, you know, that you have to deal with. You know, when this all first started happening, you know, I wanted, I searched for um, child of addiction and stuff, and then I could not find anything, you know, um, a lot of times, I don't think there is a lot out there, and definitely, probably not enough studies for it, because, you know, I mean, who's going to volunteer their kids for it, you know, I mean, come on, but, um, you know, I guess that's where laying the trouble for me, um, you know, I was looking for someone that was going to understand my problems had been through them, um, in areas where they just 
weren't there, you know, the wrong groups of people. Um, you know, my um, boss at the time told me maybe I needed to find an inner city um, meeting to go to. Maybe that would be a better fit for me. And maybe it would have. Um, you know, um, I was with surrounded with a lot of people that were dealing with um, addiction of either a spouse or um, a child. Largely, there was a lot of children um, in that group, and uh, it wasn't quite a good fit. But at the same time, there are so many emotions, um, and I do highly suggest that people, you know, seek help, um, have those people to talk to, you know, the bad part about addiction, it's a very lonely disease, you know, because people don't want to discuss it, you know, and the addicts themselves, you know, they, they feel worthless, you know, they don't feel like, um, they're worth the scum off of someone's shoes, um, you know, and as they go deeper, deeper down into that spiral hole, um, of addiction, their self-esteem and self-worth becomes less and less, um, you know, and every time they see someone, you know, um, you know, the, the person's telling them how bad they are, you know, it's only going to get worse, you know, and, uh, and it's addiction is definitely one of those things that uh, unless you've experienced it personally, you know, you're not going to fully understand, you know, um, even in my position, I'm not going to fully understand the scope of it because um, I haven't walked that road. Um, but, you know, on the outside man trying, you know, managing it, which is a total lie, um, you know, you didn't cause it, you can't cure it, um, goes back to that philosophy, and, um, you know, so one big thing was to love with detachment, you know, I love you, but I can't support you in this decision that you're making, so I'm not going to enable you, um, that type of thing, that's really where it comes into play, um, and it's about setting boundaries, you know, this is my life, and, I want my best life, and I can't have you in it while you're doing X, Y, Z, um, or I can't have you coming around here under that condition. Um, I do want to emphasize not to just break all connections um, when it comes to, you know, your close family. Um, you know, you don't want them to just completely be on their own. I mean, they have to do the work. They have to put in the time. They have to go through the programs and the process. Um, but you can be a loving support for it as well. Um, it doesn't have to be all or none. And I think a lot of times, you know, we try to put people in, you know, well, you do things to my standard or nothing. And, um, you know, still loving and caring the person, you know, you are a good person, you know, um, you give so much joy to our lives, you know, you are loved, those are big things for people to hear, um, so let's definitely not forget about that, um, you know, and I will tell you, it is, addiction is a lifetime 
disease. It is not something that you're ever just going to be over, um, you know, one and done and, you know, put it on the back burner, not have to worry about it. Well, it doesn't work that way. It always, it is always something that you're going to have to be on, on guard about, you know, for me, chocolate cake. I love me some chocolate cake, you know, not a good job for me in the cake factory. Um, you know, so it's just kind of comes, it's a part of you. Um, and your perspective changes throughout the process. You know, I can say that I, I was full of a lot of venom, you know, three years ago. I mean, a lot of venom. I had absolutely no respect um, for my main qualifier. Um, I had lost all respect um, as a human for that person. And um, I didn't find them, really, I dehumanized them. You know, um, I belittled them. Um, you know, anything that popped off in my head, it came out of my mouth. Um, you know, definitely I was not contributing in a healthy way. And so I would strongly advise uh, not to do that. You know, no one deserves to be belittled. It doesn't matter who they are, what state they're in. Um, you know, you have to talk to people as a human being and how you would want to be approached and talked to. So addiction is definitely a... Um, broad subject, and I'm sure we will talk about it more and more, um, but this was a, more of a kind of an intro into uh, how my life really started changing um, back in July of 2018, so um, I kind of wanted to focus on the Al-Anon, Narnon side of it, you know, because uh, a lot of times you know, we forget about that, that, or, you know, we just, oh, well, I'll just, you know, I'll deal with it, um, you know, or suffer alone. You do not have to suffer alone. There are people out there. Talk to your friends, you know, like I said, uh, addiction is a very lonely thing. You isolate yourself, um, you know, because you don't want to discuss, you don't want to have to answer questions that may be unsavory. Um, so you just extract yourself from the community, um, you know, your community, um, and you just uh, kind of keep status quo. And uh, as we know, that doesn't help anybody. So if anyone is listening to this, um, and um, is feeling alone, please know that you are not alone and that you are beautiful and that you are loved. So, all right, you guys, that's about my time for the day. Nice little introduction. So remember to take the high road, love yourself and each other, and have a blessed day.